Hello, you are listening to Getting After Lefty, starring Gary Gatehouse, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have good questions on the show, like... Uh, Mr. Obama, sir, I have a, just a quick question, if I can. Um, I was wondering, you know, just uh, where... Uh, where the hell is your birth certificate? What a debate Saturday night. I tell you what, the gloves came off, didn't they? You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to dedicate this coming song. I'm going to play it for all you folks out there in the audience of the debate that were clapping your hands for your corporate sponsors. Blue Monday. Seems Donald Trump kind of uh, threw the wrench in the works uh, Saturday night for all you lobbyists and ticket holders out there for all those corporations. Looking at the polls come Monday, I guess it's a blue Monday. For all you folks that back all of those status quo candidates sponsored by ABC and the Republican National Committee. Blue Monday. That's right, Blue Monday. Was it really worth it? All you ticket holders out there? Seems Donald Trump climbed right up into your case, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He's getting a whole uh, handle on the thing as far as doing the uh, song and dance of the politicians, but he throws another little wrinkle into it. He tells the truth, and he doesn't pull any punches, does he, RNC? Yeah, it was Saturday night at the fights. Some people called it the uh, Republican uh, debates. The gloves came off. They did. They came off. A lot of knockout punches were thrown. Some were winged and some came away unscathed. That's right. Monday's a mess. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've been calling... Marco Rubio, Chatty Cathy Doll for some time now on my show. Seems the other candidates and the propaganda arm of the political cartel have finally caught on to Rubio's canned on the floor of the Senate type speeches he gives when he's asked a question about any issue, immigration, etc. It seems like they finally found out that he uh, is really Chatty Cathy. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, when he stumbled Saturday night and repeated himself three times, you know, like the record got caught in the groove. 
And it kept going back to the same little spot on the record. And he kept going blah, 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 blah. Three times he repeated himself. Christy caught him and nailed him. He nailed Rubio. And like I said, it seems the mainstream media, who's backing the three governors after the Saturday night fights, when according to the mainstream pundits, Casey, Christie, and Bush came out on top of the political fisticuffs, billed as the Republican debates by the promoters, the RNC, and the always Bill Clinton ABC propaganda network. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you take a step back, and you look at what went down Saturday night. It was funny. I, I sat there and laughed. That all these people in the audiences were just waiting for their cue. There must have been a buzzword that each of the candidates, minus Trump, spewed out. And I guess you could put Cruz in that bunch with Trump. The rest of them, there must have been buzzwords that the people were waiting, had their hands ready, and as soon as they spouted out whatever they were saying about whatever issue, the hands came together and clapped. The status quo candidates, the ones that the RNC cherry-picked to say, I'm going to back that there boy right there. I'm going to back that Rubio boy. He's a member of the gang of eight. By God, we want him. He can be puppet. He can be controlled by the RNC and us folks over here in the corporations. But I don't think it's going to work out that way. According to a new Mammoth University poll released Sunday, there's a four-way race for second place. Now, Mr. Donald Trump commands over a 30% uh, support from likely Republican primary voters in New Hampshire. John Kasich, Mario, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, and Ted Cruz were virtually tied for second place with 14%. Support for Kasich, 13%, each for Rubio, Bush, and 12% for Cruz. Now, we all know that the boys that the RNC are really pushing are Rubio, Kasich, and Bush. They would love to have Bush at the top of the heap because I guess that was their plan all the time. Oh, yeah, we'll get this other Bush out of here. We've already had, uh, let's see here. Two Bushes and Mama Bush, and we're going to get this boy down here in Florida, Governor down here, Jeb Bush, and we're going to be running him for president and install him up there so we can pull him there, them there strings, and Jeb Bush be dancing all to the RNC tunes that we play. But it ain't working out that way, is it? Hell no, it's not. It's not working out that way. Chris Christie, out of New Jersey. Now, he's a tell-it-like-it-is dude. I mean, he's the governor of New Jersey. And I never really paid much attention to Mr. Christie, except that one time when he went after the NEA, the National Education Association, the teachers' unions up there in New Jersey, and he put them in their place. He put them in their place. And that's something that Gary Gatehouse and my radio show has been doing since 2006, exposing and shining the light of truth on the National Education Association. They used to call themselves teachers. Now they're just change agents for the socialist left. That's all they are. They are indoctrinators. When we put our kids in school, the little yellow school bus, bus dumps our kids out and they go through the schoolhouse door. Well, the teachers, better known as change agents today, all members, most of them, all members uh, of the National Education Union, the largest union in the United States, they don't teach our kids anymore. They indoctrinate them. 
They indoctrinate them into the socialist way of life. The socialist ideology. Look around you at all these kids, these millenniums that are standing up here and clapping their hands for that burnout old dude, that gray-haired old bent over dude Bernie Sanders. The young guys and gals are just going baba over him because of a simple reason. He is doing and saying all the right buzzwords that our kids were taught in high school and in college by their communist, socialist, Marxist, progressive professors. So when they get out of college and they hear a dude out there running for the candidacy on the Democrat side using the words that were indoctrinated and shoved into our kids' brains while they were attending high school and college, why, it's just like, you know, you just turn the switch and boom, there you are. You've got the man that's saying the words our professors taught us. He's the dude. He's going to give us everything that socialism says that we are... uh up, up for grabs for everything. Free school, free this, free that. But let me tell you something about... Let me tell you something about socialism. Now, socialism, if you analyze it and you put it under the microscope and you check history, it never works. It never works. Socialism, in my own words, is when the elites... Use socialism, the ideology, it takes us all down to the same level of misery. Except for those in charge. They won't have to live like we do. They'll be doling out this little uh, group of money here and this, and, and they'll be telling you what schools you can go to and colleges. Oh yeah, they'll be free, but you can't go to this one. you got to go to this one over here. you got to do this, cradle to grave. We'll take care of you. We'll make... We'll make all your hard decisions for you. You just be nice little socialist and keep us in power. Same level of misery. That's what socialism is. That's what Bernie Sanders is all about. Hell, he uh, spent his honeymoon in Moscow. Right there on the ground epicenter of communism and socialism. And he acknowledges that he is a socialist. But he always says, I'm a democratic socialist. So is three-fourths of the, of the Democrat Party, if not more. Now, Hillary, she stands up here and says, well, I'm a progressive. I want to get things done. Ladies and gentlemen, like I've said on my show many, many times, progressive is just another word for communist. That's all it is. John Voight, he says the same thing. Alan West says the same thing. Progressivism is just a new brand that has been stamped over the word communism, but it's all the same. She's a communist. And I have to laugh when her and uh, Bernie Sanders get up there and they try to out-commie each other. I'm going to give you this. Well, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of this and I'm going to give you a whole bunch. I'm going to give you that and some more. And it keeps on going. And it's just one big comedy hour, the Democratic debate, if you want to call it. It's just one big comedy hour. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, they're, 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 uh, they're poor excuses for Americans, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, they're Americans. They live in a country called America, so you call them Americans. Americans don't stand for any older folks anyway, most of us. 
We know what communism is all about. Hell, I served 31 years in the intelligence service, one of the top two agencies in the United States. I was all over the damn world fighting communism during the Cold War, and I was on the battlefield fighting communism in Vietnam, along with millions of others like me. You know, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of folks laid down their lives to protect the United States from the threats in the likes of communism. And for the Cold War, the whole extent of the Cold War, there was a whole lot of American taxpayer money spent to protect Europe, to protect the free world, to provide an umbrella of protection against the Soviet Union's missiles, etc., None of that is ever mentioned when they get into a debate or whenever they talk about things that the American people pay for through our taxpayer money. It's never brought up, is it? No, it isn't. Now we got this threat coming from Korea. They just launched a missile, potentially an ICBM, an intercontinental ballistic missile, capable of hitting the east and west coast of the United States of America. And everybody's all up in arms about it. Where was everybody when Bill Clinton sold all the secrets of our satellite communications and all the secrets on uh, GPS positioning and stuff? Gave it to the CHICOMs. For you and for people out there that don't know what a CHICOM is, that's communist China. And for all you folks out there going to college now, and you're just now saying, what? China's communist? Yeah, it's communist. It always has been since after World War II. You know, folks, like I said, I fought in Vietnam. I fought up in I Corps, right up next to the 17th parallel, but that separated South Vietnam from North Vietnam. The North Vietnamese Army was the, the uh, puppets, the war puppets of China. China was pulling all the strings in that war. We were not only fighting North Vietnam, we were fighting China, just like we did in Korea. Just like we did in Korea, back during the Korean War. Oh, yeah, there was. For all you folks that are in college, there was a Korean War. Didn't you know that? Aren't you taught that? The United Nations, United States, lost the majority of people over there fighting the North Koreans and the Chinese in that war. The Chinese wanted to take all of Korea and unite it as one great big communist country. Well, we stopped them in their tracks. A lot of men died. A lot of men froze to death at their positions, holding their guns, outnumbered by the swarms of Chinese coming across the border. But I'm sure you folks in, uh, in college and high school probably never, ever heard of that war. Probably never, ever heard of it. It's called the Forgotten War, along with Vietnam. I was talking to some young folks the other day, and I told them I was a Vietnam veteran because I had my hat on, and they asked about it. And I said, I'm a Vietnam veteran. They said, well, when did that take place? Where was that at? I said, Vietnam. And it started way back in 1963, and it carried on until 1973. Oh, uh, well, they wanted to know all about it because they were never taught about it. Not in school. Nothing. I guess their parents never mentioned it to them. They were probably parents who ran the other way when the draft was saying, you know, we need you folks to go to Vietnam to fight the Chinese and honor SEATO, the Southeast Asia Treaty Organization, which, by the way, 
is an organization that we signed after World War II, us and Australia and a few other countries, that we would come to the aid of countries like Vietnam if they were ever attacked or ever uh, come under attack by communist countries like China, which South Vietnam was. It was under attack from North Vietnam, a communist country, and China. Of course, that was communist. So we had to honor our commitment of CEDO, Southeast Asia Treaty Organization. How many of you folks ever heard of that? You haven't? Go look it up. It might open your eyes a little bit more on what guys like me, Gary Gatehouse, and millions of other guys like me served the American people in that damn crap hole of a place called Vietnam. Now, I've got completely off the subject of debates, and it's your fault. You folks out in the audience, it's your fault. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. When we come back, when we come back, we're going to talk some more about the debates. We're going to talk some more about the Republican National Committee. We're going to talk some more about the candidates. And we're going to talk about some of the subjects that were taboo, taboo to even visit for a nanosecond or talk about until Donald Trump showed up on the scene. We'll be back after the Phyllis Schaffrey Report, station ID, and some good old commercials. I know you love those commercials. We'll be right back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, author of 25 books, and respected spokesman in the media and before legislative committees on conservative and pro-family issues. She was named one of the 100 most important women of the 20th century by the Ladies' Home Journal. Now... Here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. When I heard that the omnibus spending bill that President Obama signed a week before Christmas includes a provision allowing more foreign guest workers, my first reaction was not to believe it. We were repeatedly told by Republican leaders that the spending bill contained only what was absolutely necessary to pay our troops, bondholders, and Social Security recipients, and we could not risk shutting down the government with provisions to defund Planned Parenthood or prohibit Obama's executive actions. Well, guest worker visas became a national scandal this year when the Walt Disney Company and Southern California Edison fired 250 and 400 employees, respectively, and both companies required their laid-off workers to train their replacements brought in from India to do the same jobs. The 2016 presidential campaign has been fired up by candidates who promise not only to crack down on illegal immigration, but also to reduce legal immigration, which most Americans believe is too high. Speaker Paul Ryan gave written assurances to his conservative colleagues, such as Steve King and Mo Brooks, that he would not bring up any immigration legislation so long as Obama is president. Yet there it was on page 701 of the 2,000-page bill that members of Congress had only one full day to read and study before voting. The bill included convoluted language that allows employers to import up to 240,000 new H-2B workers next year because the 198,000 people allowed to come in in the last three years would not again be counted toward the annual cap. It's time to admit that even legal immigration is out of control. 
You can send a clear message to Washington on the topic of immigration and stay informed yourself by contacting your senator's office and requesting they send you a copy of the Immigration Handbook by Senator Jeff Sessions. Let both of your senators know you care about this issue by calling them directly and asking for the Immigration Handbook. On behalf of Eagle Forum, thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Well, welcome back to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition. Blue Monday for all you RNC folks. Blue Monday for all you corporate buy-in dudes. Trump strikes again. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you look at all these bogus polls, and you look at these polls, you remember in Iowa. Let's just revisit Iowa and all the polls that were coming out. And they were saying, you know, Donald Trump's going to just walk away with it. Cruz is going to be right there behind him. And we all know what happened. Cruz was ahead of Trump, right? And it seemed like on the East Coast, all those East Coast pundits and all of those East Coast people just came unglued. You know, the mainstream media and all that. They had they they were all in with the polls. The polls really, if you look at current history, previous history, when they're trying to look at look at the tea leaves and the crystal balls and all that, and talking to people on the phone, the same people over and over and over again. How many of you people have been polled out there? How many of you people, let's say in uh, oh I don't know Boise, Idaho, or uh, Kansas City, Missouri? Or Nacogdoches, Texas. How many of you people in the little flyover country towns, all you folks down south, not in the big cities, but the little towns, where all you folks live out in the rural areas, how many of you have got a phone call and says, this is the RNC, or this is uh, this poll, or that poll, and we're here to find out what you think about all those folks up there running for the nod on the RNC side to run for the White House? Now, here's some questions. We're going to ask you. I've never been called once. You know, I think they have a list of people that they know they can get some canned answers from. They know these people will react to questions in a certain way, and that's the people they want. You know, it's a proven fact, ladies and gentlemen, that the mainstream media, in modern day era anyway, have always been the ones who want to tell the American people who to vote for, who not to vote for. They want to control the whole polling process. They want to control the whole voting process. They want to control everything that comes out of the East Coast. Because you see, if you look at the map of the United States of America, all you folks that live up way up north, all you folks who live way down here in the south, you know, all y'all folks down there, all you folks down here in Texas, all you folks up there in the Midwest, flyover country, heart of America, Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, so on and so on and so forth. How many of you people realize that all the news that you get that is of national origin, all of the news that you get that you process through your brain every day when you turn that boob tube on, and sit down in front of it with your favorite dessert or your piece of pie or a, a burrito or a taco or a pizza or whatever the hell you're consuming at that particular night. 
or day or whatever it is because you see news runs 24-7 now. 24-7. And it's repeated over and over and over again. Watch Fox News sometime. They start out with uh, the, the, the morning shows, Fox and Friends, and they have the news. Then they graduate up to whatever his name is, Bill and Martha McCallan. And it's the same damn news. There's two different people talking about it. Then they go on through the news day into the night, and it's the same news over and over and over again. With a little bit of, when they regurgitate it, they put their little twist on it. Martha McCallum never, never asks a question. She always makes a statement. Then ask somebody to respond to it. And so on. So you and I and all the people of the United States, whether we know it or not, don't realize it, don't understand it, don't care about it, I don't know, we are being brainwashed every damn day. Every day. When we plug in and listen to it on our, on our phone or however we get the news, it's not news. It starts out at the news as the news, but it, then it's spun. And all the little ideologies and all the trains of thought and all the pundits of the East Coast, I keep saying East Coast because that's where the mainstream media headquarters lies, on the East Coast. Oh, yeah, you have it on the West Coast as well. So I guess it's the East Coast and the Left Coast. That's it. Everything in between, we depend on one of those two, right? The mainstream media. MSM, as they say on Twitter. They control the news. They tell you what they want you to hear. They tell you the news in the context they want to put it. Not how it really happened. You know... All you folks that have a little bit of gray matter between your ears know that to make a story completely different than what it started out as, you only have to change a few words. You only have to change a few words in the context of the story. You only have to change a few words to make it a completely different news story. And they do it all the time. Hell, they even edit videos to make it to their liking. To make it to stand up to what they're arguing about or arguing for. Or their ideology, whether it be progressivism, socialism, Marxism, communism. They do it every damn day. The mainstream media of the United States of America is not news. It's the propaganda arm of the political cartel that resides inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C., the District of Corruption. And I've said many times on my show, and I'll say it again, Congress, Congress is the biggest political whorehouse in the world. And the mainstream media are their pimps. And they get out there and pimp every day for all those folks of the RNC and the DNC. Those are the two main players. And they have their players they put out on the field every day. The Rubios, the Cruzes, you name it. The Clintons, the Sanders, the whole bunch. They have their players they put out on the field to make it look like something's really going down here. But you know, folks, I think the American people, a lot of us, have caught on. Have caught on and understand what's going down in this country. Our country, all of it, 
is controlled from the east coast. That's where all the power lies. The richest people in the United States reside in a 100, 105, 110 mile square area of Washington, D.C. 90% of them, probably most of them, 90% are government workers. They work for the government. That's where their livelihood is. And if you want to make any money, you want to make anything of yourself in a political arena, in the arena of politics, in the arena of uh, newsmaking, in the arena of journalism, etc., etc., you go to that area. That's where the power lies. They pull the strings. Think of it this way. You're sitting out in some little town in, let's say, Missouri. Some little town, oh, I don't know, uh, I'll just look here on the map, uh, Bethany, Missouri. It's a little town, Bethany, Missouri. And it's a farm town. It's a rural town, according to this map. And you pay your taxes, you folks out there in Bethany. You work at whatever you're doing, uh, running a farm, bailing hay, running a track, whatever you do out there. You pay your taxes, your federal taxes, and you make damn sure because you're good, upstanding Americans, you make damn sure that your federal income tax is sent into Washington, D.C. long before the deadline. You get it in there, by God. You want it in there and off your back, right? Am I right or wrong? I think I'm pretty much right. That money you send to Washington, D.C. in the form of federal income tax that they took out of your hard-earned cash in, from your check or your from your uh, earning pay, and it goes up to D.C. in the form of federal income tax, just like it does from every other hard-working little town and hamlet and city and uh, across the United States. We pay our federal income tax. And last year, it went up to D.C. in a great big bundle. Oh, I don't know, right around a trillion bucks or so. A trillion dollars of federal income tax. And the good old boys up there in D.C., the RNC and the DNC and all the other folks that are involved, the whole political uh, process up there, the political cartel that reside inside the Washington, D.C. area, the District of of Corruption, they get all that money trillion bucks and they look at that money and they say well here we got a whole lot of programs up here that this a million this trillion dollars ain't going to be covering we're going to have to get some more money out of those folks figure out new ways of getting uh getting some more income tax money up here in dc so we can give it away in foreign aid and give it away to all these pet projects Consequently, we look around and the news media says, hey, the United States is going on $20 trillion in debt. $20 trillion in debt. We owe China our arms and legs. Hell, we owe them our whole body. But we need more money so we can have more education to Educate, I mean, indoctrinate these young children on this socialism and stuff. You know, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we pay the taxes out here in the flyover country in Heartland, down here in the south, up north. We pay the taxes. But how much benefit do we really get from our taxes? 
How much benefit do we really get from the people who control America up there in D.C.? I'm not just talking about the politicians. I'm talking about all aspects of control up there in the epicenter of control. The Politburo of the United States of America, the Washington, D.C. area. Now, those folks up there in that area I was just talking about, why, hell, they don't have a, a worry in the world. They work for the federal government. Before that money that we send up there as form of income tax ever gets filtered out to that guy, little town in Bethany or other little towns like it, why, those folks up there in the Washington, D.C. area, they get the biggest chunk. They get the first bite, the first grab. They have all these little projects and all these little uh, things going on where we're going to study how an ant builds an anthill or whatever, and they get thousands, millions of dollars to do it before we get our measly little pence, little, uh, 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 little, little bitty minuscule chunk of the leftovers after D.C.'s done with it. Then they had the balls to turn around and say, we don't have enough money. They had the balls to say, we want to give your children more education, but we don't have the money. We're going to have to get some money somewhere. Got to get that money. I'm going to get out there on the Senate floor along with Rubio and Cruz and the whole dang bunch of us, and we're going to put up this phony bill that says we need to get more money for our education for our children. How much money does education need? You look at the kids coming out of school today and they're dumber than a box of rocks. They know how to put a condom on a cucumber, but they don't even know where the state of Massachusetts is on a map or New Hampshire. They don't even know what president served them, what they stood for. They don't know nothing about their country. Oh, they know about the Kardashians and who's screwing who in Hollywood, but they don't know anything about their country. But they'll tell you they know everything. They are in, they are educated. But we all know, us folks that see them every day, we know most of these millennials, not all of them, but most of them couldn't find their ass with both hands. Same, same, all these congressmen and senators. They blow a lot of smoke up America's backside, but they couldn't find their ass with both hands if they had to. And all along, us folks that pay our taxes, all along, us folks that are looking for an end to end all of this stuff and get our country out of the damn ditch and back on the main road, we search forever looking for a savior, somebody that's going to stand up for we the people. Long comes a guy, long comes a guy named Donald Trump. He's not tied at the hip in any way, shape, or form as far as a politician goes. He's don't, a lobbyist don't beat on his door, promising the world just to feel, you know, vote for him or do whatever, song and dance uh, routine for him, whatever. No, they don't do that. He's a person that has been very successful in the business world. A big billionaire. He's a billionaire. That money wasn't given to him. He had to earn it. Now, if you look at his family, if you look at his sons and daughters, they do not, none of them, along with Donald Trump, do not smoke, do not take dope, don't drink. And that is a very, very rare thing today in most of American families. Most of them. Not all of them, but most of them. 
I can I can truthfully say just about every family, including the Trumps, have been connected with somebody that has been connected or hooked on or whatever with uh, with dope, with narcotics. But the Trump family themselves, a beautiful, they are a beautiful family. And look at those children; they adore their father. Those, the, their father started them out the right way. He didn't hand them a, a spoon uh, on a silver platter, a silver spoon. He said, you're going to start start at the bottom. You're going to learn the business the way I did. And they did. And they're up there running the show now because their father is trying to get America out of the damn ditch and back on the main road again. Washington, D.C. doesn't like that. The RNC hates it because, you see, they can't control Donald Trump. They can't control him. They can't buy him out. They can't make him his their puppet like they would Rubio or Cruz or some of the others. They can't do it. He can take his game and go home if they get, if they get too uh, uh, pushy. He can tell them all to go jump in the lake. He doesn't have a career in politics to try to further and all these people that are scared to death of him because he uh, says he can get the deal done. And he knows how to make deals. He's a businessman. He's a billionaire. That says a lot, right? He surely knows how to make a deal. Look where he stands in the business community. He has to deal with all sides to get them all to come together to make a deal to get things going, get a building put up, erected, whatever. But the politicians, they only know one thing. Politics. Stab people in the back. Kiss each other's backside. Pat each other on the back while they're stabbing them in the stomach. That's all they know. The tactics they use on the Senate and the House of Representatives floor every day when they try to get some damn bill passed or try to get their point across. Look no further than Marco Rubio. Like I said in the monologue. When he is asked a question, he goes into the senator mode. He is in the well of the Senate at that very nanosecond that question is asked. He goes into the senator mode like he is talking to his fellow senators, not the American people, his fellow senators. Listen to him someday. It's all there. It's been built into him. I noticed uh, at, right before the Saturday debate, They were showing him coming up the stage, getting ready to enter the stage with his family. His family was there with him uh, just right off stage. He had an earpiece in his ear. He was probably listening to the canned responses that he had already put on a tape, and he was just rehearsing it by listening to it. This is what you say if they say this or ask this. This is what you say if they ask this. And if that guy says this, this is what, you know what I mean? You know the scenario. Oh, yeah, everybody marvels at the fact that he doesn't have a teleprompter. Neither does Donald Trump. Neither does any of those guys up there. None of them. But I tell you this right now. I tell you this right now, ladies and gentlemen of America, all you moms and dads, brothers and sisters out there, all you people that serve in the military, have served in the military, all you patriots out there. And I'm not just talking about Republican patriots or uh the Democrat patriots, I'm talking about patriots, period. We're at a fork in the road. 
and I've said this before, we're at a fork in the road. 2016, November, we're going to go down this road that we're on right now, and there's going to be a fork there the day we vote. And that fork is one of two things. You take the left fork, and we continue down the road we're on now, in the ditch, trying to scrape and scrap just to survive and try to keep the republic together. When all along the RNC and the DNC and the mainstream media and every damn Tom, Dick, and Harry progressive socialist Marxist is trying to take this country down deeper into that ditch. Or we can take the road to the right. And we can go into that voting booth and we can vote for an individual that has no ties. They have no influence over this individual. This individual can tell them all to go to hell and walk away and never bat an eye. And that person would be Donald Trump. He has and could care less about a political future. He's paying for all this himself on the campaign trail. No corporate sponsors, no super PACs. Donald Trump is paying for it out of his own pocket. And that is very refreshing. Of course, there's not that many people that can do that. But thank God there is one that loves America. Now, you know, folks, before we go to break, I want to say just one more thing about the whole process of these debates, the whole process of electing an individual to run on the Republican ticket against whoever ends up on the Democrat ticket for the People's House, the White House. These debates are controlled lock, stock, and barrel by the two political parties. These debates are in cahoots with those people of Fox News, ABC, CBS, CNN, NBC, Public Broadcasting, New York Times, and they all reside on the East Coast. That's where the power of this nation lies. Not only in politics, but in entertainment, you name it. It lies on the East Coast. And all those pundits you see on Fox News every day that Fox News parades across and all these panels, well, we're going to have a panel and we're going to analyze all this stuff that those analysts talked about when they had their panel. We're going to analyze all of that about what Donald Trump said or didn't say or Ted Cruz said and didn't say. We're going to sit down here and analyze it. We're going to have fair and balanced with these few two Democrats and these two independents and this Eskimo over here and this guy that came down. He's, uh, I don't know, he's from Mars or someplace and he's on our panel we're going to talk about it and we're going to let the American people what they should think about guys like Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or Ben Carson you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse radio show Monday edition of getting after lefty which by the way we do 24-7 on freedominamerica.us you can go up there 24-7, freedominamerica.us, or you can go and and Google Gary Gatehouse, freedominamerica.us, click on the link, go up there, click on the little button, and you can listen to Gary Gatehouse shows streaming 24-7. If you missed a show, you can catch up up there. Those shows are streaming all the way back to 2014. And thank God for freedominamerica.us. They carry all these shows, and they come out of Florida. 
Mr. V, the man who owns the station down there, God bless him for doing that. He is a true patriot. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, and we'll be back after a few short messages. Don't go away. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.com. Gary's up there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you tune in. And by the blessings of Mr. Billy Van Horn, station owner of freedominamericaradio.com, he plays my show Tuesdays and Wednesdays as well. You can't miss the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. We'll be right back. I'm Marie Osmond. Choices. Some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. You can't control everything, but there are some really important things you can control, like keeping your family healthy and safe. Planning for a healthy life, a booklet from the American Diabetes Association has information on everything from nutrition to retirement. To get your free copy, call 1-800-DIABETES or go to diabetes.org slash life planner. Order yours today and take control of your life from the American Diabetes Association because we want everyone to be healthy and happy. Well, welcome back to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition of Getting After Lefty. I'd like to give a shout-out to all my listeners over there in Europe, over there in England. Hope you're having a great day. You know, being it's Monday, and uh, we look back over the weekend, we look back at the look back at the debates, and all of us that are political junkies, I guess would be the term, that really pay attention to what's going down and coming out of and what is being said and not said, the reaction of and the polls and all of the stuff that is all gelled up and bundled up and wadded up into a word called politics. And uh, a lot of folks that I talk to, this, this common everyday folks like us, they say they don't want anything to do with politics. They just don't want to be bothered with politics. But you know, when you talk about politics, it is really a, leaves a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? It really does. But you, you look at all the connotations that are involved and attached to that word politics and the politician, and you see all the insider moves and inside behind closed doors, cigar and cigarette filled rooms where these politicians sit down and they beat each other up and they argue about things and they they try to figure out new ways to hoodwink the American people and make their ideologies in a way they want things to go in the United States look appealing and appease and try to appease the American people over the little chunk of the uh, taxpayer money that's sent up to them. That's why people don't, they really don't want to be bothered with politics. But if you talk to the same people and you say to them, you do understand that those folks up in Washington, D.C. control you. Well, they don't control me. 
I'm down here in South Texas, by God. Nobody controls me but me. Oh, really? Have you heard of laws? Have you heard of EPA laws? Have you heard of every damn thing you do? I, I The average American probably breaks some law on a book somewhere at least once or twice a day. There are so damn many laws that have been legislated and talked about and kicked around and voted on and made into law. And most of these laws that these people up there in the House of Representatives and the Senate, the legislative branch of the of the federal government, most of these laws, if it's going to be any kind of a negative impact on them or in or infringe on what they think their freedom should be, they don't. They make themselves not connected to that law. They protect themselves from being a, a part of it. It won't affect them. They were they figured it all out. But us people, the great unwashed, we the people, we people that pay the taxes, we people that oil the machinery that makes this country move down the road. Well, we got all kinds of laws hanging over our heads. There was a whole set of laws that came out that our founding fathers laid out in the whole process of making this country what it is the United States of America. It all took place back during during the war against the Brits, back during the Revolutionary War, which my uh, one of my great ancestors, John Hart, was part of. He signed the Declaration of Independence. Those guys laid it all on the line. And a lot of those people lost everything. John Hart lost his farm. He lost it all for putting his name on the Declaration of Independence. If you go look at it, you'll see it down there. John Hart. He was a farmer. Lived in New Jersey. Lost it all. But they did it because they were sick and tired of the British crown kicking them around, the colonists around, and dictating to them how much money and taxes they should pay without any representation whatsoever. But if you look at the whole revolutionary movement back then, the majority of people, the colonists, they didn't want anything, anything to do with it. The majority didn't want a damn thing to do with it. The minority are the ones that got this country going. A smaller than the majority cadre of men and women stood up against the crown and spoke out. And like I said, a lot, a lot of them lost everything they owned. A lot of them lost their families. That's not taught in school. Well, hell, none of this is taught in school anymore. But I just want to use that as an illustration. If you come fast forward to today, and you look at politics today in Washington, D.C., and you look at people, I'll just say, look at Paul Ryan, the successor to Boehner, John Boehner, crybaby Boehner. And you look at Paul Ryan and everybody says, by God, when he gets in there, he's a, he's a real conservative and we're going to get some things done. Remember back in 2014 when, when the Republican Party said, just give us the Senate and by God, we'll just lower the boom on D.C. and lower the boom on Barack Obama and we'll get some real things done then because we'll have control of both houses, the House of Representatives and the Senate, and we'll get some things done behind Boehner and McConnell. What'd they do? What things did they get done? Nothing. Nada. Zilch. So finally, Boehner, 
got pushed out of office, and along comes Paul Ryan. Nice, upstanding young man. He's a very intelligent dude, and he's a conservative, and by God, he's going to get some stuff done as a Speaker of the House. He's going to get some bills passed, and he's going to get some issues taken care of, and blah, 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 blah. What's Paul Ryan done? Nothing. Nada. Go back and look at the ominous bill. Go back and look at the, the budget. Everything that Obama and the Democrats wanted, the Republicans reciprocated and gave it to them. Carte Blanc gave it to them. The Democrats even thanked the Republicans for caving and giving them everything they wanted. And Paul Ryan, not in the last couple of weeks, I've played his uh, speech a couple of times, where he come out and was complaining about the budget, complaining about the impact of the budget and how he was going to he was going to get things done about this budget and turn it around. He was running against his own own budget, the one that he signed and gave to Obama. But that's the way. That's the way Congress works. That's the way they work. You have two congressmen, two senators, running for the Republican side to be president of the United States. And I've said it many times, and I'm going to say it one more time. All you folks that can connect the dots and put two and two together, you'll understand what I'm saying. You can take a senator... Or these senators, the two senators, you can take them out of Washington, D.C. But you can't take Washington, D.C. out of these two senators. You look to have to look no further than how Rubio reacts to a question. As if he was in the well at the Senate up in Congress. It's all canned. It's all disputed out there. This word's... I don't really know if he buys into everything he says or he don't even know what comes out of his mouth. They say it so many times over and over. He repeated it three times in a debate. And you look at him, the way they carry themselves, the way they look at the camera, the way they move their arms and all of that. It is all part of the process of being a politician arguing for something inside the Senate or inside the House of Representatives arguing for or against the bill or for whatever. And they say what they have to say. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's a, it's a sorry mess that our country's in. When we have what we call politicians, what we call representatives of we the people, we hired them. They work for us. But somewhere along the line... The American people have forgot or don't understand the process or the concept. And somewhere along the line, it's been flip-flopped. We now work for the Congress. We work for the United States of America Congress. And they're going to tell us what to do. This is a republic. How many times have you heard a politician refer to the America America as a democracy. It's not a democracy. It's a republic. For which it stands. One nation under God. Indivisible with liberties and rights for all. 
Nowhere in there does it say democracy. Somewhere along the line, politicians have managed through the long arm of their propaganda machine and their indoctrination clinics called public schools have changed the whole psyche of America into thinking it's a democracy. All your pundits talk about it as a democracy. The word republic is very seldom used in any context when talking about America. Whether it be in Hollywood, whether it be a mainstream media pundit, whether it be a politician, whoever, they always talk about a democracy, not a republic. The American people have been hoodwinked for so long and dumbed down, dumbed down through the process of indoctrination in our public schools that we have millions of people out there that don't know a damn thing about their country. Don't know the process of how a person gets elected. Don't know the process of how a bill is brought up and is voted on. They don't know the process of uh, voting for anything, how it goes. They don't know the election process. They don't know anything. But yet they'll tell you, these younger folks, that they are the smartest people in the world. It's a sorry damn mess that America is in today. Most Americans, not all of us, but most Americans don't want to be bothered with what's going on in their country when you talk about the political scene. That entails a whole lot when you talk about politics. If you remove the word politics and look at what's underneath that word, that's where the nitty-gritty is. That's where the American people should be focusing like a laser beam on. Because you see what those yokels do up in D.C. Those folks that call themselves uh, congressmen, senators, whatever they want to call themselves, the president. Those people are the ones that are dictating to you. You work for me. They've switched it. We send them to D.C., they're our employees, we vote them in, they are working for us, but somehow in the process of all of that, it flip-flops, and you, the Congress, tell we, the people, we're working for you. And most of Americans, I think, have bought into that. they bought into the idea we can't control it. We can't control any of this, we don't have any say-so in this. I've said many times in my show, we the people are on our own, and we are because we have been dumbed as a, a group of people. The American people have been dumbed down so much they don't understand what the implications are of what's going on in D.C. They just don't understand, and many of them don't care. As long as their welfare check, their disability check, their housing and whatever else that the government dangles out there like a freebie carrot, as long as they get that, and they have their beer and they have their TV and their clunker to get around in, they're happy. They're happy. They, don't, they, don't, they can't see beyond the doorstep of their house that is subsidized by the American taxpayer. What is really happening to America, it's crumbling. It's falling apart. And these politicians continue to bump their gums, get up there and tell the American people how great they are, 
how great the politicians are, how learned they are, how educated they are. But the bottom line, they always end it with, we need more money. you got to send us more money. we got to educate your kids more. Send us more money. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. It's coming up on the hour, and we'll be back after the five-minute news. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-Minute News break. Radio. I'm Lisa Lissera. Strong condemnation from the U.N. Security Council for North Korea after Pyongyang launches what it claims is a satellite. The council holding an emergency meeting this afternoon. Because of the DPRK's decisions and actions, we will ensure that the Security Council imposes serious consequences. U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Samantha Power in a statement, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez, co-author of the North Korea Sanctions Act of 2016, saying condemnation's not enough. Days away from the first in the nation primary and the candidates making the rounds. Fox's Grinnell trying to shore up support. Fox's Grinnell Scott live in Manchester, New Hampshire. Lisa, the game for the presidential candidates is to see how many people they can reach in the next day or so. Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, they're all out there, as is Donald Trump, who shares his immigration message in Holderness, New Hampshire today. We're going to have the strongest borders. And by the way, people are coming into our country. But they're going to come in legally through a process. Polls say Trump is still the front runner, but voters will decide ultimately who wins and loses and perhaps who drops out on Tuesday, Lisa. Grinnell, the excitement building for Super Bowl 50 about three and a half hours from now. Fox's Chris Honig live in Santa Clara. Lisa, Peyton Manning hinted that this might be his final game. At 39 years, 320 days old, he's the oldest quarterback to ever start a Super Bowl. If this is it, he says playing in the golden edition of the big game isn't a bad way to go out. If you have any appreciation for the history of the game, and certainly you've watched Super Bowls and um, played in Super Bowls, have a sibling that's played in Super Bowls, it does make it uh, maybe even more special. That's Fox's Chris Honig reporting. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman, something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve 2037? I guess I was thinking Steve 2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve 2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. 
Deaths and injuries in a Canadian sledding accident. Two young men are dead, six others injured after using personal sleds or toboggans to head down a luge bobsled track after hours at the Canadian Olympic Park in Calgary. Police getting a call about 1.30 Saturday morning on a report of several injured people on a closed track. The male teens hitting a large gate separating the luge and bobsled tracks. Police investigating how they entered the property. A private company operates the park, which hosted events during the 1988 Winter Olympics. Several World Cup events are also held at that site. Paul Stevens, Fox News. In Taiwan, rescuers continue to pull survivors from the ruins of a high-rise toppled in this weekend's earthquake. Bernie Sanders following in the footsteps of Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump appearing on Saturday Night Live last night. Bernie Sanders joining actor Larry David, who's gotten raves as Sanders' doppelganger on NBC's Saturday Night Live. In a sketch about the sinking Titanic, Sanders' character urges people to unite so everyone can survive. Who are you? I am Bernie Sanders Witzke. But we're going to change it when we get to America so it doesn't sound quite so Jewish. Yeah. That'll trick him. Sanders was a hit with the SNL audience, much like he is in New Hampshire. Well, Bernie, how's, uh, how are things going up in New Hampshire? Okay. Just okay? Well, it's pretty, 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 pretty good. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. The Duchess of Cambridge saying in a new video that she and Prince William want all children to get support during difficult times to help them overcome mental health challenges. The video released to mark the state of, of Children's Mental Health Week. Charity workers saying the former Kate Middleton's involvement is helping remove the stigma from mental illness. Lisa Lacera, Fox News Radio. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Live from the UK. Well, looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. Ladies and gentlemen, Well, welcome back to the second hour of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Getting after Lefty Monday edition. Hope you folks over there in the UK, down there in England, all you folks in London, up there in Bradford, Leeds, all you folks up there in Dublin and all over the UK and Europe. I hope you're having a great day wherever you're at. Gary Gatehouse Radio Show coming to you from across the pond, South Texas, on Restoration Radio International. Wow, you know, folks, all you folks over there in Europe, I'm sure that uh, there are some of you, probably not many, but some of you are paying attention to what's going down in the United States as far as, I don't know, the whole ball of wax, uh, crime in the States, uh, Muslims in the States, Islam in the States, the political process, the, the elections, the debates. A lot going on in the U.S. There's always something going on in this in this country. And when it does, uh, they go after it full force, you know, and, uh, knife in the teeth, a whip in the hand, and they just uh, jump right in full force. Uh, whoever's pushing whatever issue, pushing whatever button, here in the United States, it's dog eat dog, that's for sure. And that's where we always used to rely on our rugged individualism as Americans, but that's kind of disappearing. 
You know, it's America's Gideon, just a little more limp-wristed, if you will. A little more hide under your desk and away from the reality of what's really going down in our country, especially our politicians. Now, if you want to find any politician on the Republican side, if you go up to D.C. and look in their offices, you'll probably find them hiding under their desk with their little laptop or whatever, writing each other back and forth or, or, or texting each other. They hide out. You can't find them, except when they need money or they're on the floor lying to the American people. The rest of the time when they have to answer up and fess up and stand up for we the people, I'm talking about Republicans now. I don't give a damn about Democrats. I don't give a damn. We know cut and dried what they are. We know they're out there in front of us. They tell us what they are every day. They don't hide under their desks. They don't hide under their desk. They go after the RNC. They go after Republicans tooth and nail, and they beat the hell out of them every chance they get. And like I said, the limp-wristed Republicans, well, they go hide under their desk so they won't have to make any statements to the mainstream media because they want the mainstream media to be their buddies. But that's the way it is in politics in D.C., but here on the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, you folks that listen to my show over the uh, last five, six, seven years, you know damn well that the Gary Gatehouse Show is not tied to politically correct ideology in any way, shape, or form. Now, just to prove that fact, I went to a doctor, and I told the doctor, I want to find out if there's any politically correct bones in my body. So he referred me to a politically correct x-ray technician and that x-ray t- technician took a x-ray of me top to bottom and he come back and he sent the results back to my doctor and the doctor looked at him he said well i tell you gary you know uh my buddy the x-ray technician larry up there he he took pictures of your body from top to bottom and by god i can't find a politically correct bone in your body it just ain't showing up gary there ain't any So there you go. I've had myself checked out. There's no politically correct bones in my body. None. Nada. Zilch. So I guess I have to give a warning out to all you folks. When I I get into this next issue, next subject, I have to, oh, I don't know, label what I'm going to say with a warning. And I, and you know, and I'll say it. Warning: As I have said many times, the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, getting after Lefty, is not, and I repeat, not politically correct. So, all of you that ha- that live by that standard, all of you that are politically correct, all of you that are afraid to open your mouth, speak your mind, you politically correct people, afraid you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, you might want to plug your ears up or turn my show off. Now, this is a fair warning to you. If you think that something I say is going to come down and just blow your eardrums apart or hurt your feelings or make you cry or wring your hands, don't listen to me. Turn me off. I could care less. I don't want politically correct people or ears listening to what I have to say. I talk directly to patriots, people who pay attention to what's going on in this country and in Europe and in England. I pay attention to those people. That's who I talk to through this microphone, this voice piece that I have sitting in front of me with all these damn computers and screens around me in this little studio that I pay for by myself. 
Just like Donald Trump, nobody owns me. No corporation, no damn company selling silly, uh, uh, cereal or, or photographs or uh, cameras or whatever, tires, whatever. Nobody gives me a penny. And that's the way I want it to be. I don't want somebody knocking on my door and saying, Hey, Mr. Gatehouse, now you can't be saying that or we're going to be pulling the funds out from underneath your show and we're going to shut you down for saying that. No, I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that, just like Donald Trump doesn't want any part of that. And it's about time America gets rid of that, dumps that damn whole ideology of political correctness. It's just another way of shutting you down and shutting down freedom of speech. All this crap of political correctness and hate speech and homophobia and Islamophobia, those are all tools of the left. Do use to shut down people who want to speak their mind. Do use their God-given Second Amendment right and their First Amendment right. Right to carry arms, whatever. The right to speak out, whatever. The Constitution. They want to shut you down. They want to circumvent the uh, Constitution. Short-circuit it, if you will. And dictate to you what you can and can't say. By using the terms homophobia, Islamophobia, racism, Political correctness. And if you speak out, they'll come down on you and beat you over the head with one of those tools. Who gives a crap? I don't give a crap. They can come down here all they want and tell me to shut up and I can tell them using my First Amendment right to go to hell, get the hell out of my studio, get the hell out of my life, and take a hike. And I will do it at every opportunity I have. Again, warning. This issue that's coming up is a kind of a way to illustrate just where political correctness is today, just where the American people are today, just what they think about free speech, just what they think about what they can and can't say, and just what they say when what they do when they buy into crap like this. And I started out by saying, just who in the hell is Barbie, anyway? You all know who Barbie is. He's a damn doll. That was made back when? Late 60s? Early 60s? Late 50s? Barbie, the doll. You know, one that's oversized, top, and shapely, and got the big blue eyes, and ponytail, and all that? You know, your daughter's, I hope none of your son's dead, played with her when they were growing up. Barbie. Tall, statuesque looking person. Kind of the epitome of what a, every American girl wanted to look like back then. Barbie. Well, she started out as a white girl, a white woman. And I'm just putting out there the facts, okay? So if you want to pile on me with just that statement and call me a white, honky racist, go ahead, I don't give a damn. The doll started out as a white girl or woman or lady or whatever you want to call her. And she was a female. But whatever since, and whatever's happened since then, she has become just about everything under the sun. I'm waiting for a damn lesbian Barbie or a transgendered Barbie in all full-blown 17 different genders as our kids are being taught today and the media tells us about and the left tells us about. A Hillary Barbie complete with oversized pantsuits designed by Omar the tent maker? You know, ladies and gentlemen, 
Barbie has visited all the different circles, all the different races. I don't have a problem with that. But I have to say, if you base it on what she started out as, a young white woman, a young girl, a white woman, whatever you want to call her, she's really got around. I guess she's hooked up with a whole lot of different guys throughout her doll life span. Are those different colored dolls out there, the black and the white, brown, are they all the same Barbie? Or are they some other Barbie? Who in the hell knows? But now here's the kicker. Here's the kicky, the big kicky in the butt. Do all you politically correct people, all you people that buy in Sharia law, Muslims and all that stuff, Islam, we now have a Muslim Barbie. She's complete with blue eyes and white skin. And she has a burqa, a new designer burqa. And I have to ask, once she hits the market, this is all in the design phase now by some Muslim girl. Once Muslim Barbie hits the market, or Muslim whatever they call her that looks like Barbie, when she hits the market, will her accessories include a Koran? This is ludicrous. We had to ask Barbie's boyfriend, Ken. When he's a Muslim, Ken, will he have a suicide vest? And four wives? Four uh, Barbie wives? How about the 70 virgins? Will those be spin-offs for more Muslim Barbie accessories and dolls? But you know, ladies and gentlemen, Barbie started out, like I said, as a, a young white girl. That's what she was. That's the way they were made. That's the way they put her together at Mattel or wherever it was they make them. But now she has been a Barbie throughout the United States and uh, uh, throughout the world in all kinds of different colors. Still has the same facial looks as a, as a Caucasian girl, but now she's a Muslim and she's a, she's a Hispanic and she whatever. I don't have a problem with that. I'm telling you right now, I don't have a problem with it. But it's kind of ludicrous to think, if you think back to the history of Barbie and how this has all expanded into covering everybody to make everything Barbie politically correct. She's got to be politically correct, ladies and gentlemen. You can't just have a white Barbie. Oh, no, you can't have that anymore. She's got to be everything under the sun, every race, whatever. Every uh, political issue, they can inject that into the design of Barbie, the history of the new Barbie, etc. There's a headline out there that says, Has Barbie converted to Islam? Has she converted to Islam? Now, Mattel's iconic doll Barbie already comes in seven skin tones, 22 eye colors, a variety of hairstyles, and four different body shapes. Now, thanks to an enterprising 24-year-old Nigerian Muslim woman, Barbie is Sharia compliant. She's Sharia compliant. It's about having a doll that looks like her. This, This girl that's putting this one, this girl, this Nigerian Muslim woman. It's about having a doll that looks like her, that represents her own culture and religious background. While not Mattel... Compliant, Hydra Barbie is proving to be an Instagram success. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, 
this person, her name's Adam, last name Adam, I guess, told Style Mike she got the idea for Hide Your Barbie a few months ago after looking at the popular Barbie site. It got me thinking about how I could actually like to see a doll. I would like to see a doll dressed up like I would have covered up, Adam said. I was mulling about the idea for about three months while I was still studying for my master's degree in the United Kingdom. When I got the idea, when I get back to Nigeria, I went to the mall and I purchased a doll, dressed it up, documented it, and here we are. Hanifa. Adam is her name. Hanifa Adam is this girl's name, this Nigerian girl, this Muslim girl. Now, Adam, who is developing a modest lifestyle brand called Haney, makes all dresses and hijabs herself. She says it's her intent to show girls that wearing a hijab makes them no less beautiful than Barbie. I want them to be inspired. This is about having an alternative and creating an awareness of having toys that adopt your religion and your culture and in your own likeness, which at the end of the day lead to an improvement in self-esteem, she said. Responding to critics, I guess you could say like Gary Gatehouse, who pointed out that she uses a white-skinned Barbie in her pictures, Adam noted that she was unable to find a dark-skinned one in Nigeria though she would like to find one. Since I am dark-skinned, of course, I wanted to dress up a black doll, too, she tweeted. But skin color is only the beginning of the online criticism R.G. Barbie is uh, generating on Twitter. Now, there are a lot of different comments, and I'm not going to go into them, from folks who posted all kinds of comments about uh, Muslim Barbie. But uh, this girl, Adam, is undeterred, and she says she hopes to make the Hajib Barbie available for purchases on her future website. Now, according to Arabian businesses, the Islam fashion market is booming and projected to grow by 6% annually and worth $327 billion by 2020. Now, when it comes to having a doll that represents your race, it comes to having a doll that represents your ideology or religion, I don't give a damn. Go ahead and do it. But don't attach any way, shape, or form the name Barbie. That is an American icon. A Barbie, the Barbie that our kids grew up with, has no attachment at all to Muslims or Islams or Sharia law or any of that crap. Barbie is an American girl, born and bred in America by Mattel Corporation. She's not a Muslim. She's American. And that's the way it should be. And Mattel, I hope you stop this crap. And if they go and make a likeness like Barbie and generate it into something for sale on the Islamic market or whatever, the Muslim market, and call it Haji Barbie or whatever, I hope the hell you have something to say about that. Because like I said, my daughter, when she grew up, she had Barbies. And I imagine most of you people out there that had daughters back in the uh, 50s and uh, late 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, their daughters, your daughters, probably had Barbie dolls. They weren't Muslim dolls. They were American dolls. And it's about time we Americans stood up for ourselves. And you might say, well, Gary, that's pretty damn petty when you're talking about 
a little old doll, a toy. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, America. You ever heard of getting your foot in the door? And once you got your foot in the door, you manage somewhere down the line to open that door wide open to get the rest of you in there? Have you heard of that? I'm sure you have. Muslims are trying any way they can. This girl might be completely, completely innocent on doing what she says she's going to do. But there are Muslims out there. There are Islamic people out there. There are people that march to the Quran that will, will cash in on this. And they will sell Barbie in America dressed in a darn burqa, a new fashionable burqa, and they will see to our American girls, you would look nice in one of these. And this is what Sharia law will give you. It's all called recruitment, just like ISIS does. Now, I want Barbie to stay American. I want my American girls growing up, all you American women out there that have children that are women, that are young women or girls or little girls that either have played with Barbies or have them now, I'm sure you want them to know that Barbie is an American, not a Muslim. And she holds American values, not Muslim or Sharia law values, American values. And I guess I could say the same thing to Europe, and I guess I could say the same thing to all my patriot folks over there in England, all you folks down in London, all you folks up in Manchester, all you folks over there in Tyne on Tees, wherever you're at, Sheffield, wherever you're at, stop and think about what I'm saying. It's not petty. It's just another recruitment tool that somebody in the Muslim Islamic movement, the Sharia movement, will grab a hold of and use it as a tool to persuade our young women, our girls, our little girls, to look at Muslims in a different way when it comes to Sharia law and the Koran and what it says. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition, Getting After Lefty. And I'm going to have an announcement coming up either Wednesday or Friday on some more information about a uh, radio station, on internet radio station, that will be carrying the Gary Gatehouse radio show. So uh, once I get all the particulars together, times and all that, I'll let you know and pass it on. But it's just another affiliate that's been handed over to a new station manager, new station owner. So once I get all the information together and all the uh, uh, T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and all that stuff, and uh, we get uh, a schedule going, I'll let you all, all you listeners know, another station that you'll be able to hear the Gary Gatehouse radio show on. We'll be right back after a few short messages. Liberty Council defends pro-life demonstrators in Washington, D.C. Hi, I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. We'll talk about this next on Freedom's Call. A competitive elementary charter school in Washington, D.C. has become a neighbor to the construction site of a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic. Protesters of the abortion facility have been kicked off the construction site and are now being sued by the school for protesting on public sidewalks between it and the abortion clinic. 
Liberty Council is representing one of the protesters, and we have filed a motion to dismiss this slap suit on his behalf against Two Rivers Public Charter School, which will challenge the school's frivolous lawsuit that chills freedom of speech of our client and others. The court system has been very protective of the right to freedom of speech in the past, and this is a clear violation of free speech. We will not be intimidated. In Congress, in the courtroom, and in your community, Liberty Council is advancing life, liberty, and the family. Log on to lc.org. Every day, nearly 4,000 unborn children are denied life and love. National Right to Life is working to change that. For more than 30 years, National Right to Life has worked through education and legislation to make sure that every child is given the opportunity to share their love, their gifts, and their talents with the world. Our work now is more critical than ever. Respect for life is being attacked on all fronts and at all stages, from the tiniest unborn child to the medically dependent and disabled to our elderly citizens. It is the support of our members, pro-life men and women from across the country, that helps to advance our cause. Join with National Right to Life and countless other pro-life men and women and make a unified stand for life. This has been a perspective on life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, www.nrlc.org. That's nrlc.org. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels? And that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health. Because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the facts. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Hey, this is Tex Hollister down here in Texas. When I'm not rocking the house, I like to listen to Gary Gatehouse. Gary is exposing the liberal socialist agenda. He is kicking liberals' asses and taking names. You keep it up, Gary. We're growing like a big old army. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on the GAL Network, coming to you all the way from South Texas. You know, earlier we were talking about how the whole concept of the people up there in D.C. working for us, it seems like it's flip-flopped and we're, I don't know, I guess most people think we're working for them now. I don't know. Or we just don't have any representatives. Or we can't say anything. Or we don't have any input. And we're living in a democracy, not a republic. It's it's all helter-skelter in the United States now. We have a man in the White House. And I use the term, the term man very, very loosely. We have an individual in the White House that has turned his back on the American people since day one. And I covered it here in a couple of shows back about Obama regime 
ordering Border Patrol agents to release illegal immigrants, illegal aliens, without making them appear in court or keeping track of their whereabouts. And it's also dramatically rolling back aerial surveillance along the southern border, leading a a senior congressman to suggest the public is unaware it is being betrayed by its commander-in-chief, oh, excuse me, commander-in-chief, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the stealth Muslim from the south side of Chicago, the silver-tongued devil, the man who's never met an illegal alien or a Muslim he didn't like. But you know what's wrong, ladies and gentlemen? What's sad is the people of the United States of America don't recognize that they are being portrayed by their own president and also being portrayed by those people in Congress and the Senate who have been going along with this amnesty thing for some time now. And this is all said by Dana Robacker, a Republican from California, a leading voice against amnesty and for border enforcement. One of the few, I guess. On Thursday... This last Thursday, reports emerged that Obama regime was effectively telling the United States Customs and Border Patrol agents to stand down and do not process illegals entering the United States. They further state that agents are told not to order illegals to appear at a deportation hearing and not make efforts to track them down inside the United States of America. Now, Robecker said we might as well abolish your immigration laws altogether. We just might as well just throw them out. Get rid of them. And just open the borders and tell everybody to come on in. This is Gary Gatehouse talking now. But in addition, my governor, Governor Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott, and Representative Henry Saylor, a Democrat from Texas, a Democrat are imploring the Department of Homeland Security for an explanation for a 50% rollback in aerial surveillance of the Texas-Mexico border. What the hell is going on? What is going on, Obama? But you know this president has done so many damn things that are contrary to the interests and safety and security and prosperity of we the people of the United States, you and I, our children, future generations, that it is no surprise especially in dealing with foreign entities, whether it's Muslims overseas or it's illegals, immigrants coming in here from various countries. This is nothing new for the Obama regime. Nothing. Business as usual. But one of Royal Baker's top concerns is how Obama's open-door policy at the southern border could further weaken national security. He went on to say he's opening the door. He's opening the back door of the American people's house. There's not even going to be a guard at the door to watch who's going on. Do you think the radical Islamist terrorists that have declared war on our country and murder us at every chance they get, do you think that they don't see this? Don't you? They, they, they see it. They see Obama is playing a game. He has turned his back on the American people. He's left our back door of our country, the southern border, wide open. ISIS sees it. And they know this is an opportunity to march their dudes, the ones that want to cut our heads off, cut our hands off, read us the the riot act, either you become a a member of the Islamic community and stop being an infidel or we're going to nuke you, tear you apart and kill your country. That's their mission. To establish a caliphate 
here in the United States. If you don't know what a caliphate is, look at the hell up. Now, Rohnbecker continued, what the president is doing is to increase the level of criminals that are coming here from other countries and terrorists who come here specifically to hurt Americans and kill Americans. Now, we all know our president is supposed to watch out for the American people of the United States. That is part of his job. That is his oath. On the Constitution, it says that is his job. But President Obama has decided that he will not do so. The Democrat Party needs to be held accountable for this. The Pelosi's, the Harry Reid's, the Chucky Schumer's, the whole damn bunch of them, and the Republican Party as well, including Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. They are part of that whole process. They have been going along with this open borders amnesty approach to immigration and deserve to be held accountable. But who's going to hold them accountable? Is it other people in Congress? Hell no. Is it going to be Obama? Hell no. It has to be we the people. It has to be we the people. Let me ask you this, America. Let's just say you own a house that you busted your ass your whole life, you and your wife, to buy this nice home. It might be worth 80000 It might be worth 500000 but you worked your whole life to get to that point. You have two or three lovely children, four children, and you love them to pieces. You love them to death. They are part of you. And you built this house or you bought this house and you made everything possible for your family to live the way you want them to live, the way they want to live, in absolute security and living in the greatest country of the world, the United States of America. When you go to bed at night... And you live in a community. When you go to bed at night, do you tell your wife, uh, go unlock the front and back doors. We don't need them locked. There's nobody going to bother us. Nobody's going to come in here and try to rob us or, or beat us up or rape you or the kids or whatever. No, just leave the back and front doors open. And by the way, open the garage door too and unlock the cars and leave the car keys in the cars. Any person with any kind of sense or common sense at all would never do any of them things, right? You know there are bad people out there would take advantage of that as much as they could. You know the police wouldn't be there in time to take care of business. They are always there after the fact, not because they didn't want to be there. It's just the nature of the deal. They can't be every place at the same time. So you lock your doors, you close your garage door, you take the keys out of your car, you have an alarm system. And yes, most Americans have a 45 or 38 or whatever, somewhere close to protect yourself and your family. Am I right or wrong? So what's so different about the borders of the United States? They are our front and back doors. Shouldn't we lock them up? Shouldn't we have the only key? Shouldn't we be able to say who in hell comes in and out our front and back doors of our home, America? Shouldn't our representatives in Congress and the President of the United States, the caretakers of this country by oath, and the reason they, that they were elected, shouldn't they be held accountable for protecting this country and the front and back door of America, our borders? Hell yes, they should. But like I said, who's going to hold them accountable? Is it going to be other people in Congress? No. Is it going to be people in Obama's regime? No, they're all in with Obama. 
Is it going to be the Democrat Party? Hell no. Is it going to be the Republican leadership? Hell no. Is it going to be Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz? They blow a lot of smoke up America's ass. But just look at their record and look to who they're tied at the hip with. Look to who they hang around with. Look where they hang their hat. It's inside the beltway, inside the political cartel known as Congress. Congress has known for decades what is coming through our borders. And they don't give a damn about it. They could care less about you and me and your children and my children and future generations. They could give a big holy crap about it. And anybody that is in Congress that comes up there who has ever been in Congress over the last 15, 20 years that says otherwise that they are standing there, there's very few of them, very, very few that can stand by their statement that they're concerned and they've tried their best to undo all this mess about our borders. Very few. Now you get your Gowdies and all these people that blow smoke up America's butt and hold all these hearings, but when the bottom line and all the fog and dust settles, they're right there with the political cartel, shoulder to shoulder with them. Can't trust any of them, folks. That's why we need somebody that's the President of the United States that is not tied to that political cartel. That has never stepped foot in the well of Congress. That has never rubbed elbows with senators and congressmen on an issue or policy-making ventures. We need somebody that is somebody on the outside looking in. One of us. I don't care how successful that person's been. He doesn't hang his hat in Congress. You know who I'm talking about. If you don't, well, his name's Trump. His name could be Carson. And that's as far as it goes. The rest of them, they're all well-versed and well-practiced on blowing smoke up America's butt, whether they be governors up on the East Coast or senators. You know, we've been told by the media for many, 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 many months now, many, many years, that people are coming across our border to escape crippling poverty and other problems in their native countries. And even admires their, uh, some people admire their determination to make a better life for their families. But you know what? We have to take care of our own. It says nowhere in the Constitution that we are required to take care of the damn world. It says nowhere in the Constitution that we should allow people to come across our borders, card block to come in and take away our jobs, American jobs, to consume our health care and education dollars that we have put together for Americans. We paid the taxes to cover Americans. Not ever Jose and whatever coming across the border illegally? Or Islamic terrorist, whatever? This is America. We are for Americans. Before to go to break, I want to remind you of a president way back in the early 1900s, Teddy Roosevelt. And I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing right now something he said during the, during the Great White Fleet days. 
And I'll put it in today's terms that you can all understand. He made the statement one time, he said, if you screw with one American, you screw with all of us. If you mess with one American, you mess with every damn one of us, collectively. So don't go around screwing with America, because we're going to kick your ass if you do. And that was the bottom line, and nobody screwed with America. But nowadays, it seems our Congress and the President, they say, whatever you want to do to America, it's fine with us. We're not going to say anything about it. Here's the key to the house. Here's the key to the barn. Here's the key to the garage. Here's the key to America. Come on in. We got a bunch of damn people who call themselves Americans here that pay federal income tax. And we'll make damn sure some of that hard-earned income tax will cover your ass, Jose, and your family, and your extended family, your dogs and cats, and everything else that you bring across the border. We're going to take care of you. We, Congress, are going to take care of you. Just make sure you vote for us. Oh, yeah, those dumbasses that we call Americans, fellow Americans, they're, they're going to foot the bill for you. They'll take care of you. It's no sweat off our ass. That's what Congress is telling you, America. That's what they're telling you. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition. And you know, folks, I swore before I got in front of the microphone today, I wasn't going to get all wound up and pissed off. But I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I can't be politically correct. There's no damn way in hell I can. I love my country just like you do. I fought for my country just like all of my uncles and my fathers, my father's brothers and sisters. Most of them were in America uh, doing one thing or another for the better good of America. All of our ancestors that came here, our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers, and further back came to this country legally through Ellis Island or whatever and were checked out. Some even had their names changed. They landed on the soil of America. Some of them couldn't even, most of them couldn't even speak English, but they learned in real quick fashion too and they rolled up their damn sleeves and they settled America. They marched across from the east coast to the west coast, the pioneers, and they settled America. Blood, sweat, and tears. Hard work. Are we going to throw this all out the damn door? Aren't you proud of your country? Don't you have any empathy at all for your fellow American? Aren't you sick and tired of paying everybody else's bills? And yours as well? Why all the folks up in D.C. laugh at you and stick their finger in their eye? I damn sure am. I'm tired of it. I'm fed up with it. And any time I watch the damn baits and I see all these folks up get up here saying, I, 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 I did this, I did that. I was in Congress and I got this bill and I, I don't care. I don't give a damn what any of them say. I don't give a damn. As far as I'm concerned, there's two people that are running for the nod on the Republican side that are, that are worth talking about, that are worth supporting. And I've narrowed it down to two people out of that whole bunch. Donald Trump and Mr. Ben Carson. They are honest, sincere people. Oh, yeah, Donald Trump. He's rough around the edges when it comes to talking real smooth and, and real uh, concise like a politician would. But he talks like you and I. He's a blue-collar guy at heart. With a lot of money. 
and I do not hold that against him. Mr. Ben Carson is a very intelligent man. And you can tell both those guys love their country. They love it. And they're not one-trick one dog and pony shows. They're not song, political song and dance men. They tell it like it is. And America, don't you think it's time that we stand up as adults in America and learn to accept the reality of what's going on? instead of sloughing it off and hiding or trying to push it under the bed and forgetting about it? Don't you think it's time we welcome individuals like Mr. Carson and Mr. Trump that tell us the truth and don't pull any damn punches? I do. I would rather hear that all day long than somebody up there trying to pass themselves off for something they're not. I can't stand people like that. And D.C., Washington, D.C. is full of them from the top down. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Preacher of Conservatism, coming at you all the way from South Texas, USA. You gotta take care of Texas, it's the only one we got. If you're way up the lump or down and looking by, you gotta conserve water, keep the air clean. Take care of Texas, don't you know what I mean, y'all? Kevin Fowler here. Texans take great pride in keeping our air clean. Visit TakeCareOfTexas.org and take the pledge to help keep it that way. We'll send you a free Texas State Park Guide. You gotta take care of Texas, it's the only one we got. Sponsored by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. You're home. You served your country with honor. Now it's time to strike out on a new path forward. You're a veteran. You set the standard for character, integrity, leadership. And you've gained valuable skills. Skills employers are looking for. At jobcenter.usa.gov, you can get access to personalized services and the support you need to find the perfect career. This is U.S. Navy and Marine Corps veteran Montel Williams saying, visit an American Job Center today and discover your next opportunity of a lifetime. Hey, this is Gary Gatehouse, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on Restoration Radio International, coming at you from across the pond in London, England. That's right, London, England. You know my friend over there, uh, station owner of Internet Radio International Radio, Mr. Stephen Lang. He comes out of London, England, and he's one uh, good dude. Paying for all this out of his own pocket. Have a hope you're having a good day there, Mr. Lang. Before we close the show today, I would like to talk about the debates one more time. Something probably most Americans don't understand or didn't catch or haven't read or the news media overall hasn't reported it. All of you that were watching the debates and when uh, Trump uh, got booed at Saturday, night, Saturday night's debate, when he pointed out the fact that uh, all the corporate sponsors, that large gathering, were sitting in the audience. And they, uh, they didn't like the fact that Trump told Mr. Jeb Bush to be quiet. But you know then, Trump took on the GOP debate audience. The audience loudly booed him. Driving them back and forth off the rails, Trump said... Audience members were all members of the Republican establishment. 
And he said that's all his donors and special interest out there. He's talking about Bush. Mr. Trump said of the people booing him, that's what it is. And by the way, let me just tell you, we needed tickets. You can't get them. You know who has the tickets. Donors for the establishment folks. They're the ones that get the don- uh, the tickets, the special interest people. They are the ones putting up the money for these people up here. That's who got the tickets. But the booing continued, and Trump said he was self-funding his campaign. So Republican donors weren't a fan of his candidacy. That re- That's the reason they're not loving me, is uh, why they, they're booing me, he said. I don't want their money. I'll pay for it myself, thank you. But you know, Trump was right. The audience was stacked against Mr. Trump, the frontrunner. Now, Mr. Trump's close friend and associate Roger Stone tweeted that out, and again, it was proven by an article that came out that said that the House was stacked against Trump. The audience out there was for the supporters and financiers, if you will, of the the rest of the bunch. All the people inside the Beltway people. Trump was paying for his, is paying for his own campaign, and these people don't like it because they can't control him. Now, of all those people you've seen in the audience, whenever that camera panned out there, Mr. Donald Trump only had access to 20 tickets. 20 tickets for his supporters. The rest of that audience was all the people forking out the money, campaign money for Bush and Rubio and Cruz and Christie, the whole bunch of them, Kasich, the whole bunch. The only person standing on that stage that was paying his own way and could not be swayed, could not be controlled, was Donald Trump. And the people in the audience, the people that want to control you and me, through the people up there that are trying to get the nod from the Republican RNC, they are the ones that are pissed off at Trump because they know they can't control him. He's paying for it himself. And that makes him very irate. We've seen that when Trump pointed to him and told the American people what was going on. Now, I imagine most American people didn't catch it. Most American people don't understand the whole process like I talked about all during this show. They don't understand the whole process of getting somebody elected as president. They just don't understand it. Along comes a guy that can't be bought. Along comes a guy that cannot be swayed. Along comes a guy that the the whole construct, if you will, of the way politics works inside the Beltway, and this guy, Donald Trump, is not a part of it, doesn't take any input from these guys, doesn't take any money, doesn't take any advice. And these pundits, these East Coast pundits, these East Coast hacks, these super PACs, whatever, they can't stand it. They can't stand it that he's not one of their boys. And I think people like up in New Hampshire, they understand this. The people in, uh, up in New Hampshire, I would say a vast majority of them understand what's going down. But I would dare to say in America, a minority of people understand all of this. They can't see past the fog, the dust, the BS that is spewed 
by the rest of these people and the two political parties and the mainstream media. Now we're coming up on the hour. And that means the Gary Gatehouse show will shut down until Wednesday when we start the process all over again. Just a day and some change. And we'll be right back on the air. But I'd like to take the time, the next few minutes, to say to you folks out there, my fellow Americans who listen to my show, I've got a lot of emails from you saying, why have you now endorsed one individual? Well, I haven't really endorsed anybody. I talk a lot about Donald Trump, and I support him. And I also support Mr. Ben Carson. But And one time I supported Mr. Ted Cruz. But the deeper I got into Mr. Ted Cruz, his background, and looked at his whole persona, I can't support him anymore. I'm sorry. All you folks that support Ted Cruz, fine. I, I don't have no, no problem with that. Gary Gatehouse can't do it. I just can't do it. That's me. That's the way I look at things. And I hope that you folks that listen to my show that are Ted Cruz supporters, you know, don't abandon the show just because of that. We're all Americans. We're all adults. I tell it like it is from my perspective, how I look at things, how I see things. Based on 30 plus years of being an adult serving my country in all corners of the earth and world, dragging my family all over the place, Honoring my country, honoring my people of America, making sure that you and your families were safe, along with other people like me who work diligently 24-7 wherever we may be and assigned, whether it be in Libya, Afghanistan, Pakistan, the Far East, Vietnam, Europe, all the places I've been, I was there to do a job. And I was a proud American wherever I went, and I still am. Because you see, I love my country. My country, and I figure I am blessed beyond all stretch of the imagination that God gave me the opportunity to be born in America. And I'm blessed with grandparents and parents who raised me and told me and showed me by example what America is all about. Hard work, love of country, respect of others. And I've carried that my whole life. And I know a lot of other Americans have as well. I've raised my kids like that. My grandkids are like that. And we sit around the table and discuss politics. We're always on the same page. All talking out of the same book. Love of country. Love of America. The greatest country on the face of the earth. The greatest country God has ever been allowed to be created. And one last thing before I go. I say I used to say this a lot. When our forefathers sat down and wrote out the Declaration of Independence. And when they came by one by one and sat down and put their name. John Hancock, John Hart. All of them put their names on that piece of paper. Declaring that they were declaring independence from the crown when the constitution was put together 
everything that our forefathers used as bedrock to found this country on. I firmly believe as a Christian and as an American that when those men sit down with that quill in hand and wrote the Declaration of Independence, put the Constitution together, their hand held that pen, but there was another hand attached to theirs. And every word, every syllable, every letter that come out of that pen, out of their minds, was guided by the hand of God. God helped create this world. God helped create and guide the men who created the United States of America. The Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. We should never forget that. And we should all make an effort as Christians. 80% of America is Christian. We all should make an effort to make sure that God is never taken out of America. There is a big movement in this country to do just that. And I'm a firm believer when that day happens, when God is no longer a part or ingrained into the very fabric of what we believe in as Americans, that's the day this country will go under. Until Wednesday, this is Gary Gatehouse saying, Good day.